and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. else's spider sense tingling welcome to walloping web snappers a spider-man podcast where we dive into every spider-man cartoon ever made i'm derek and i'm doug and is your spider sense tingling it is and it's telling me peter parker's kind of an asshole (laughs) (laughs) of course we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons Bo, carl katie jason zoe james keith and Cody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And speaking of patrons on our Patreon, we had Word Snappers Words last week. And wow, was this uh, kind of wild because, uh, <laughs> again, if, you, if you're if you unfamiliar with Word Snappers, it's a game we play with our patrons. If you're a patron, you can uh, submit words that we have to work into our episodes that we record that month. And we had uh, two sets of words. And our guest... <laughs> We didn't ask him to do this, but we had Chris Cummins on our last episode and he was like, what are the words that you, because we warned him, we were like, we might say something weird because we, you know, we have to work these words in at some point. And he was like, what are they? And we, we sent him the words and he's like, oh, I know exactly how to work. work. <laughs> well, no, he said for one of them, he was like, I know exactly how to work like one of these in. It was like, okay. Yeah. But then he ended up doing both of them. So. Yeah. The totally words that, catching us off guard, too. Yeah, so it was like, oh, wow, okay. I mean, hey, did our work for us. Love that. Perfect. Uh, so the words that Chris said were perfectly normal obsession fighting depression. Relatable. Submitted by Zoe. And also, Spider-Woman smacked Spidey serendipitously <laughs> Saturday, submitted by Bo Harper. Bo, that might be the hardest thing you've ever sent us, and Chris, like, breezed through it yeah like one take we have so much trouble with those tongue twisters and chris is just sort of like yeah i got it and didn't even think twice about it so a plus um maybe we'll just have them always uh, appear to do our word snappers words for yeah us. anytime we have word snappers <laughs> <laughs> well we are still talking about the 60s cartoon which means of course we have a guest with us and we're very excited to welcome someone who's on the show for the first time from the unpopped podcast uh welcome enrique hello everyone how's it going going decent pretty well uh, excited <laughs> to talk about this show i have not seen this since i was probably i don't know like seven Ooh. amazing okay so and i'm sure it holds up amazingly too. Just... <laughs> well i've never watched it in english until this time oh, oh. okay oh. incredible so i'm gonna jump right into enrique what is your background with spider-man and it sounds like specifically this cartoon so my background with Spider-Man is this was always one of those shows that would be playing on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm from El Salvador, and we would get the sometimes we get re- reruns of the old shows uh, during Saturday mornings, sometimes during the week. This was one of the shows that was always on, so I grew up watching it. I couldn't tell you any of the plot lines other than I remember <laughs> the intro, uh, the in color. Oh, change yeah. from the intro did not have as much of an effect on me because I usually watched it at my grandma and they had a black and white TV. So, <laughs> Whoa. so it was really cool the first time I watched it at my house yeah. because I got to I had the shock of color. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but so so that's how that's sort of my introduction to Spider-Man. It was just always around. And then as the mid nineties mm-hmm. happened, I started watching the nineteen ninety four Spider-Man cartoon, which 
sort of set up, I think, a couple of different Marvel uh, cartoons, including The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, and I forget who else, but... They were all kind of part of the same program, if yeah. not exactly yeah. the fin- same programming block around... They were all around at the same time. Yeah, and Fantastic Four. They were all Fox, right? Yeah, Fantastic Four, too. I think um, I think um, Incredible Hulk, I think, maybe was UPN, switch, so he didn't... But it was, like, all the same animation style yeah. at the same time and everything, yeah. So that's sort of how I got into Spider-Man, and uh, I remember when my mom came to visit me from the U.S., uh, one of the toys she brought me was actually... I forget what the line is called, but it's it's a Spider-Man or the action heroes that are about like one foot. Again, oh yeah, this yeah. is like late nineties. Yeah, affectionately termed like Nutcracker action figures. Yes, I think. yes, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the uh, a web shooter with those cans that had oh, the uh, silly string. Yes, which so was jealous. awesome until I ran out of the silly string because they didn't sell them in El Salvador. So <laughs> oh, I was no. SOL there. Damn. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, just always like Spider-Man. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you kept up with any sort of uh, Spider-Man show since, or do you watch the movies as they come out or anything like that? I watched the uh, trilogy that came out in the early 2000s with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept on and on, on and off watching the different cartoons that have come out, but again, nothing where I was really dedicated. Uh, video games here and there. Ooh. Uh, Shattered Dimensions, one of my favorite games for, for oh, PS3. Yeah. It's a fun one. I'm trying to think, and that might have been like the, the last... Uh, uh, that's not true. And then the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, but I've not seen the. Oh, no, sorry, not the Amazing Spider-Man. What's the one on um, with Miles Morales, the oh, CGI one? The Spider-Verse movies. Oh yeah, Spider-Verse. But I've only seen the first one. I'm actually I have it on my list of things for this Ooh, year to watch the second one because nice. I'm always behind. So. Oh, it's so good. We actually <laughs> yeah. the two of us actually just watched it like a couple days ago uh, again, and it is it's so good. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to watch it. I did watch the Amazing Spider-Man with um, Andrew Garfield, and oh, but yeah. I haven't watched any of the ones with uh, Holland uh, for a little bit. There, I was working in sports, so I'm like a face and a half behind on uh, <laughs> MCU. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I feel like at this point, if anyone's caught up with it, it's like uh, peak athleticism in the category of keeping up with media. It's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yep. Yep. Um, well, speaking of movies, I got so excited to talk to you about Spider-Man. I don't want to skip this unpopped, um, the unpopped podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. So you don't have to wait until the end to tell folks what you're doing over there. So the unpopped podcast is a podcast where we talk about overrated movies, hidden gems and everything else in between, which mm-hmm. is our way of saying not just this movie sucks, but this is why <laughs> this movie sucks. And, uh, you know what? This movie was actually pretty good. You should give it a shot, but really, uh, Always love movies, so Miranda, my uh, co-host, and I, we just pick movies that we think would make for a good episode, and we watch them. Uh, sometimes we come in with an opinion and change as we do the rewatch. Other times it's uh, the same song we have never seen before. Mm-hmm. We ju- we fin- Our last episode of 2023 was a Muppet Christmas Carol, which is mm-hmm. a classic. And then we actually just did a our first ep- or recorded our first episode, which... Hasn't aired yet, but it's going to be Three Men and a Baby. Oh, that's fun. 1980s, yes. With uh, Tom Selleck and all his uh, mustache glory. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is quite a stash. He's quite a man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Cool. Well, we'll make sure, obviously, everybody can link to that and find you very easily if they want to check out any of those. Um, It's cool because the back catalog could kind of contain anything. I was like scrolling through it and it's a delight to be like, oh my God, they talked about this because the hidden <laughs> gems sometimes will catch you off guard, which is nice. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's fairly random, which we kind of like. I've, I've had people tell me that we should try to do more mainstream ones, but I think that's what's nice about this. It really can't yeah. be anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and, and like yeah. every podcast does mainstream movies. Right. Like it's kind of more fun to find the ones that maybe aren't podcasted about as much. Like yeah. how many Three Men and a Baby podcasts are out there <laughs> in 2024? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we are, like I said, still talking about the 60s show. Specifically, we are talking about uh, Spider-Man 1967, Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Swing City. I can't wait for this gym period to end so I could see Sonya in science class. Come on, Parker, don't be a jughead. If we don't finish, we'll cut the next class and stay here. Uh-uh, fella, that's NG. Sonya! Sonya! Never mind, as usual, you're not prepared. Why don't you get someone like Mr. Parker to tutor you? Peter, can you answer the question? Or, uh, well, I... All right. The governor laughed at me. The mayor laughed at me. The idiot scientists who built this toy laughed at me. Now I shall show them. I, the master technician. What do they know of atomic energy? Only I know. All my life I waited for this. They wouldn't let me build my own reactor, so I shall use theirs. I control this plant now. And now it is time for them to pay for their laughter. Hey, what's going on? Since when is there a sunrise at night? At Glow. The power plant. Oh, no, not tonight. Not tonight. Nuts, nuts, nuts. And the synopsis per me this time, which none of you have ever heard before. (laughs) I took a crack at it. Uh, Judge me accordingly. The synopsis per me is Peter's tutoring plans with classmate Sonia are interrupted by the master technician who lifts Manhattan into the sky and threatens to drop it. Yeah, see, if I had written that, I just would have been like, Spider-Man has to deal with the final act of Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I really <laughs> thought about it. And then I, I even looked like, okay, is it weird to reference Age of Ultron? Is there, is that like a, is there a bigger reference or an earlier reference? And I couldn't really find one, but then I psyched myself out and was like, if I'm not going to nail the Age of Ultron thing, don't go there. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, it'll come I up. was too afraid. <laughs> Would it be the worst terrorist attack in New York until 2001? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine lifting it in the entire city up into the sky isn't like there are plenty of bad things that have happened since then. But that's a, a whole pretty city, whole other level of bad. Disconnecting <laughs> all of everything from like the foundation yeah. and infrastructure and. Uh, it's funny because they basically just like are fine at the end of the episode. Surprise. Uh, but that would fuck up New York for a very long time. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Wild, wild, wild stuff in this episode. It was a different time. The 60s Things were cheaper. <laughs> Infrastructure cost less. Yeah. yeah right, Snap it right. right back into place. Right. And you know yeah. what? Stuff was more durable back then, too. Like appliances were built were, were built to last <laughs> back then, you know? Yeah. So, yeah well, shake up doesn't matter. <laughs> The original air date was September 28th, 1968. Um, We've got a couple of characters here that are new. Yes, we have the aforementioned master technician 
classic villain, of course. Master technician. What he sounds like a Mega Man boss. Does he not? He kind does kind of oh, sound yeah. like a Mega Man boss. He does. Yeah. He also kind of sounds a little. The thing that I find so funny about this character is like a green skinned dude who's like a genius who cackles a bunch that isn't the Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah. We're. And this this is our first instance, I think, of a green skin person on this show, which is going to be common. Like so many (laughs) random because it's like I think that going forward, you see a lot of like characters who are just evil scientists, but aren't Mm -hmm. really supervillains. And so but that's sort of like, well, we have to do something to make them have some kind of flair. Why not give them green skin? That's an easy thing to do. We still can draw regular scientist character design, but then color them differently. I don't know why they always land on the green skin part of it. Maybe. Because green is a classic villain color in Spider-Man anyway. Yeah. Um, but this is our first instance of it, and we're going to see plenty of those types of characters Great. later. <laughs> Can't wait for all the green-skinned villains. Uh-huh. I do... So, uh, Enrique, one of my favorite things about this 60s show is that it does introduce these like weird one-off, like not-from-the-comics villains. Can't say that uh, Master Technician is among my favorites, but there are characters like Noah Body or Parafino who are these like weird, extremely specific villains that never show up anywhere ever again. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, so bum, this one doesn't quite have that flair. But um, he's voiced by Tom Harvey, who we talked about just last week when he voiced uh, the Kingpin. Nice. We also get these two characters. I don't know if we're going to see them again. Derek, you probably will know if we ever see them again. Um, Rodney and Sonia uh sonia definitely not rodney i don't remember because i feel like we you we will see a lot of just random students that are not from the col uh not from the comics Mm -hmm. that peter just interacts with so i know that there's other guys like rodney but i don't remember if he's the same i'm thinking of one that we might see in a next in maybe even the next episode but i don't remember if he's rodney or if he's just (laughs) another guy who's kind of a rival slash antagonist that's basically a flash thompson character for peter i genuinely don't remember what his name is so great we'll find out (laughs) if we see rodney again if not we're going to see many characters like him that maybe even are voiced by the same actor i'm sure that all the different girls we meet that aren't sonia are going to be voiced by the same person so you know are they also going to be redheads because he seems to have a thing for redheads (laughs) that i I did yeah i did note that for sure i was like interesting why not just well Mary Jane existed already, right? It didn't take that long to introduce her. Yeah, Mary Jane, we will see her in this show eventually, but okay. be prepared for how they portray her. It's going to be a oh, while. Oh, great. Before. It's going to be a oh, while. Oh, can't wait. In one um, single episode. <laughs> but yeah, this, the the redhead thing, I feel like we've seen other redheads before that weren't Mary Jane. It's like a thing mm-hmm. that they love to do when Betty they're not using MJ. Betty is a redhead for some reason in this yeah. show. Like, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, Rodney is voiced by Henry Raymer, who we've talked about. We talked about him first uh, when we covered this series adaptation of the original Spider Slayer story. He voiced Henry Smythe, mm-hmm. uh, the inventor of the Spider Slayer. But surely his highlight so far has been voicing our favorite invisible foe, Dr. Noah Body. <laughs> um, and he, like Harvey, is one Get of those it? radio guys. <laughs> yeah. Noah Body. Noah Body. <laughs> And he, like Harvey, is one of those radio guys, uh, but he was also a stage actor. And then, Derek, you alluded to this, Sonia, people could probably guess, it is Peg Dixon, who voices literally every woman on the show. Yep. I don't think yep. we've ever encountered a single other woman. I don't think so. If <laughs> Billy on the Street asked you to name a woman, you could only say Peg Dixon, because she's <laughs> the only one. <laughs> 
Okay, well, let's get into what actually happens in this episode. So this episode opens with a really bizarre interaction on a basketball court between Peter and Rodney, a classmate who hopes to be invited to join the basketball team. When Rodney suggests they miss some of their next period for a chance to play one-on-one in front of the coach, Peter hits Rodney in the nuts with a basketball. Asshole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I immediately have a question. Um, Sure. Well... First of all, just some of the dialogue, like um, Rodney tells Peter, don't be a jughead, which is funny. It's like also <laughs> the the second like kind of Archie, Archie comics reference. That's what I thought of, too. It's Archie. Yeah. 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 And like in the in the first episode of the season, there's like two characters in a jalopy and one of them's a redhead um, and a character named Moose. And like that's all like Archie comics. So it's just kind of funny. Like I want I mean, it's Archie was like, you know, in pop culture. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of intentional. Jughead maybe was already an insult. Maybe that's what Jughead is named after. I actually don't know. I'm not sure where like the history of Jughead's name came from. So maybe it was an insult or something before jughead got his name or maybe it's a jughead reference i don't know gotcha. um but I, I clock that but then peter says uh that's ng oh i put that down too it's got to be no go right? no go i guess so or yeah. no good or no good yeah or novel just... gaming a podcast about books and video games <laughs> <laughs> i just it felt weird yeah because that's the only thing i think too it's just funny because it's like no good or no go are both very short things to say, and NG takes the same amount of time yeah. as saying those. So why would you make that an acronym? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm curious, Enrique. Like this episode starts with Peter being an asshole. Do you? I mean, in addition to just like, what's your sort of Peter Parker of choice? Is this a thing that you ever notice? Because I didn't notice it until we were covering a bunch of cartoons that like every other Peter Parker is just like kind of a dick. <laughs> It threw me off a little bit. I <laughs> yeah. like, and I also I didn't. I'm like, obviously, I know that Peter Parker's athletic as his Spider Man, but prior to that, he wasn't. So why wasn't the basketball team? Like, I mean, I, I guess know. it could be like a Superman situation where, or maybe just Smallville. I don't know if it crosses over other things where like <laughs> his parents don't want him to play football because he has super strength and he could hurt somebody. Yeah, I I think that's yeah. I mean, cause we've seen other iterations where Peter does like consider playing sports but then it's just sort of like no i would it would be so obvious with my superpowers <laughs> so i think that's that's just the case now but, but unlike a lot of other depictions he is nailing every single one of those free throws so it's not like he's like being yeah. like a, a buffoon on purpose right <laughs> that's what i mean he is uh like i don't know why he's so he was trying out for the team right i don't it was I, like just him and tell. rodney in a quote gym period so I don't know if they were like in gym class or if this was like a free period where he was like shooting around, which seems very un-Peter Parker-like. Yeah. Are they still in high school at this point? Was, yeah. What's the college? Yes. I think this is... Okay. Actually, I guess it's kind of unclear because I, I, it's hard to tell because I feel like depending on how it's portrayed, sometimes it feels like high school and sometimes it feels like college and they haven't really thoroughly said it right Unless yeah they haven't something. explicitly said it and that is fair because the comics would do that too where it's like peter parker graduated from high school but like his actual educational dynamic didn't change like he still had like class periods that he went to and like had all the same sort of interactions yeah. in classes at least for a little bit um so i guess yeah i, I guess i guess it could be either one yeah <laughs> sure. it could be either. Also, was the, was the voice actor the same in the first season yes as in the second one 
Yes. Because so, he legit sounds like a four-year-old guy that's oh. trying to go undercover in high school, if that's <laughs> yeah. the case. I just thought it was because it was in college. So he had matured by then, and he had a yeah. more manly voice. The voice sort of, like, evolves over the course of of the series a little bit, not a ton. But when we first started watching the show, I remember being like, this dude does not at all in any way sound like a teenager. Nope. So I totally get that. Yeah. Do you... I know... It's been so many years since you watched it, but do you remember um, when, like the the voices in when you were watching it? Like, do you remember the the, the Spider Man performance when you were watching? Oh yeah, because you said you were watching it in Spanish as a kid, right? I I almost I was not trying to look them up, and I just ran out of time. But, oh sure, and I wonder um, if it's easy to find them even. <laughs> I I think I think it was. So I was trying to look oh, them nice. up, but uh, during lunch, I just didn't get a chance to listen to them. Yeah, but, um, I'm curious to hear what they sound like because. Quite often, for certain time periods, certain cartoons, it's the same actor doing multiple voices across different <laughs> series. So the guy that does Rambo, I'm pretty sure did like everything that came out in the like 80s and early 90s in Spanish. Like he was the same yeah, guy. Amazing. Like I could hear that now. Be like, oh, that's Rambo, and it's gonna be like a professor or something. Same <laughs> yeah. Dude. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, cast, not casting because it's like right for the role, but just sort of like, well, you're our guy who yeah. we've got to, to do the dubbing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And you have experienced dubbing. You know what I mean? I can't imagine that's like uh, everybody's jam, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. So, Spider Man, his name in Spanish is El Hombre Araña, which would be like the Spider Man. Makes sense. But then you don't get that for everyone. So, Batman is Batman, Superman is Superman. Huh. Oh, interesting. That's a good point, actually, because their names are also like a brand name. So it's interesting that Spider-Man's isn't actually Spider-Man. <laughs> huh. I think a lot of the Marvel ones, now that I think about it, well, it's not true. Hulk is Hulk. Like, that one doesn't change. Huh. Uh, but Thing does. He is La Cosa. So, La Cosa? <laughs> so they, yeah. Interesting. The Thing. That's so huh. funny. That is fascinating, though, for like why why they would yeah. want to, because it does, because I don't know, like, I feel like... um. Well, but you know what, though, if you think about it, like, like uh, when anime comes to America, uh, like sometimes that the sometimes it's changed. The title has changed. Sometimes it's a direct translation. Sometimes it goes by the original Japanese title. It just kind of depends. So I guess it's just the same for superheroes and whatever they chose during the time period when they chose it. Like, you know, they chose in the 60s. Let's actually like translate Spider-Man's name rather than just saying Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and it just had to stick because that's what they did. Do you know if that's carried into like modern media too? Or did at some point it switch over to Spider-Man being like the common thing people say? No, I mean, I think you still call the Hombre Araña. Spawn, mm. is, is Spawn is one that's Spawn in uh, Spanish. Huh. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Mr. Fantastic is El Señor Fantástico. Right, from the <laughs> Okay, that's cooler, uh, actually. <laughs> I like that name way better. <laughs> Makes him yeah. sound way cooler. Yeah. Invisible Woman is... Uh, the Invisible Woman, uh, Human Torch is translated into Spanish. Huh. So it, so I think I, I don't know that there is a real logic behind it. <laughs> um, I almost I almost wonder if it has to do with the um, amount of syllables in the name because Batman and Batman. Mm-hmm. So bat mm-hmm. in Spanish is Murciélago, so like Batman oh. would be like Hombre Murciélago. So that changes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so a if it good ends point. up being harder to say, easier to say, or at least similar. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. that that's what I think, but I, I honestly don't know. It could I I wouldn't even be surprised if it were really just like who the translator of that piece of media was the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or who was in charge at like yeah. at the the comics studio uh or the comics company to yeah. make that call one way or another, like <laughs> figuring like this is better for our branding, you know. Yeah. 
That is yeah. so interesting, though, especially because eventually the you have like uh, um, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Uh, Spider Girl from 2017, Anya, Anya Corazon. You eventually have a character named Anya Corazon who goes by just straight up Aranya, <laughs> like oh, in yeah. in the in the English language comic. So, uh, huh. be interesting to. I mean, I mean, I assume they wouldn't change her name, but then you have El Hombre Aranya and just Aranya. <laughs> huh. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Also, yeah, not every cartoon you watched was in Spanish, was it? Didn't you watch English cartoons in El Salvador too, or am I fully misremembering that? No, occasionally we would get them. Uh, so it would depend on how strong the uh, antenna signal was. So oh. we would get some cartoon, <laughs> some cartoon network uh, shows would get in English, others in Spanish. Um, gotcha. But you know, eventually I moved here, and then I watched most of them, well, or all of them in, in English. Yeah. But um, so there's a lot of Disney movies to this day that I've never heard in english so oh just because you haven't rewatched them i haven't watched them yeah interesting yeah that makes sense Hmm. yeah i'm I'm gonna have to pick your brain someday uh just with like random questions about what gets translated and what doesn't but that would be annoying to do for an hour so i'm not gonna put you through that (laughs) um (laughs) so as we uh as we keep going in the episode peter ends up in a tutoring agreement with this crush sonia can I talk? She... Well, stop. Oh. I know you just started talking. No, but go ahead. The Sonya thing is so funny to me because it's like, on one hand, obviously Peter Parker having a crush on women is a consistent thing across everything ever. But the specific way that it's presented in this episode still feels kind of weird for Peter Parker because he's like not interested in his science class. He's more interested in just looking at this girl. And that feels very out of character for him. Right. He more often will ignore a girl because he has a science thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, that just felt weird. like the fact like he was just talking about like day. I mean, he daydreams about her and he's like he was telling Rodney like I'm excited for uh, for this whatever they call the class because I get to look at Sonya more. And it's like, OK, first of all, creepy. But second of yeah. all, like you should be excited about this like class that is talking very specifically about this uh local nuclear reactor for some reason instead of Mm -hmm. like actually teaching science but um yeah i don't know it all felt really weird to me yeah it was it was a little strange for sure this is the episode where he hits puberty so you know basically honestly yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you mentioned that in this class they're talking about this like big reactor thing in the middle of the city the teacher describes it as the largest industrial reactor ever built located in the heart of manhattan and bad then it's based very bad choice it in the middle of the city but then he's <laughs> like city. don't worry though nothing could happen it's totally safe but he asks sonia a question about it and she can't answer it because she like peter was daydreaming but she was daydreaming about spider-man so then like he ridicules her in front of the class and then suggests that peter who also couldn't answer that question because he was daydreaming tutors her so that's a fun dynamic <laughs> but he's a man dog He's a man, yeah. so I know. it's different. It's okay. He's Good thing man, sexism yeah. ended uh, after 1968, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a shocking turn of events, everyone's favorite cackling green-skinned science genius, the master technician, takes over the power plant that nothing bad could happen to, and he overloads it to cause an earthquake which loosens the ground underneath, allowing him to lift the entire island of Manhattan into the sky and threatens to drop the city if he doesn't receive $100 million uh, and his own reactor. <laughs> Good or bad plan? What do we think? <laughs> 
So it depends on how expensive uh, nuclear reactors were to make. And I got curious about this. <gasps> oh. So, <laughs> so in I'm the excited. late 1960s, the cost for a nuclear reactor was $1,000 per kilowatt. Oh. I don't know why it's measuring kilowatts. But, and that's in $2010. This is an article from 2022, which is the most recent one I could find. Okay. Nowadays, it would cost... Uh, where is it? Now it's Nowadays, it's between... Five thousand five hundred and eighty-one hundred dollars per uh, kilowatt. If it's the largest industrial reactor ever built, I wish I. I feel like he mentioned some sort of measurement, so I bet we could go back and actually like figure out with your, your, uh, your, your research on these prices <laughs> for nuclear reactors by kilowatt. We probably could figure out exactly how much this one should have cost. So I was, because I was, yeah, I was trying to find how much it would cost back then. What I was able to gather is that. Nowadays, it would cost between six and nine billion dollars <laughs> to co- to create build a nuclear reactor. The small ones are worth about a billion. Oh so he's God. asking for ten million dollars, I think, at the beginning, and then yep. he amends it to what a hundred million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, if we did the math, which I'm horrible at math, so I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> could it cover the cost? Yeah, it's only like a fraction of the cost of that actual power plant. I guess that explains why he's asking for his own, because <laughs> 100 million is not going to cover him yeah, buying one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, I mean, it is kind of, but I don't know. It's almost like that. I feel like what's funny, what's so funny about this, I, I know that I'm sure that they were thinking backwards of sort of like the image of probably a city floating in the sky, and then work backwards from there because of that's course, a striking yeah. image of the episode. But it is sort of like I feel like a better plan would have just been taking the power plant hostage and just being like i'll you know melt the reactor down if you don't pay me this money and then i'll leave like it's just the the extremity of lifting an entire city up into the sky that's what makes it a little bit over the top and maybe like i don't know i feel like you should be asking for more than 100 million dollars to for the to whole be honest. island of yeah, manhattan you should be asking Absolutely. for a lot more than 100 million dollars <laughs> Like he's he's kind of lowballing himself, which is <laughs> really. funny because I do think this is by far the highest ransom we've seen on this show. Probably, so, I feel like yeah. a million and ten million is usually where it floats around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I guess good job for really going for it, but could have gone yeah, higher. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So with the city in the sky, Spider-Man has to navigate this like jungle of typically subterranean infrastructure that's actually on the bottom of the floating island, which I kind of thought was a cool idea. It looks cool visual, like they draw like all the pipes and stuff sticking out, like the paintings of that, yeah. I think do look really cool and kind of scary, mm-hmm. um, but he just kind of swings around and some boulders fall really is. What <laughs> I kept thinking how, how that would make a really cool video game level. Oh yeah. Ooh, game, like yeah. swinging beneath it. Yeah. Just like things falling out of the way. Especially in the Insomniac games where like they've got web swinging really down pat and you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to worry about finessing it too much, but you could do cool things if you wanted to finesse it. Yeah. The other thing I liked is, and this was actually right before it was left, just the way that do- the way that the dust looked against the uh, the artwork for the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the artwork is so cool in the show. Yeah. And I really feel like, we talked a little bit about this, I think last week, but like, and we certainly talked about it when we were talking about the production of the show, the reuse of footage or assets in this show doesn't feel like as lazy as you would expect because he's reusing assets over new assets. Like he's combining things or he's like changing things up. So the swinging 
animations we've seen before for sure, but seeing them against the backdrop of this like weird upside down, like I guess it's not really upside down, but kind of upside down like landscape is really yeah. striking. Yeah. I was a fan of the uh, sunset and near the beginning as well, or maybe it was dawn. I don't know. The colors that they had mm-hmm. just, uh, it was very, uh, it just looked pretty. Yeah. Yeah. These really deep pinks and purples that they have for it. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this is like, I mean, the animation obviously is never going to be great on this, on the show, but this episode, the actual like art of it, like it's a really beautiful looking episode mm-hmm. um, with, with some of just the backgrounds and stuff that they draw, even compared to what we've already seen. Yeah. Um, like it's pretty, it's like, there's some image imagery that's pretty stunning. And, and I do think that like, the just the drawing of the whole city floating in the sky on a floating rock like is really striking and a genuinely like scary image that is very well rendered yeah it would be so interesting to see this episode not having the context we do of age of ultron the movie um (laughs) because i really there was no like uh, there were there were plenty of sci-fi things that had floating cities Mm -hmm. but i i didn't see one i didn't do a deep deep dive or anything but i didn't see one where the where the city were lifted off of the earth, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and sort of like held in a precarious space. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious as to like if this idea was even something folks would have been considering the first time they watched this episode of the cartoon. Huh. It's really wild to think about. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of another sci-fi thing where this would have appeared. Maybe in just in some weird like fantasy comic or something like that. Sure. But... So you're right. I just did a quick Google search. Uh, Cities in Flight is a four-volume series of science fiction novels uh, published between 1950 and 1962, which were first known collectively as the Oki novels. The series features entire cities that are able to fly through space using an anti-gravity device. So I guess they weren't lifted. Never mind. Right. Wow. But I still... kept finding things just like that where yeah. it's like, okay, this sounds promising. But then it sounds like they were either constructed in right. in the air or they were constructed to be in the air. But it makes sense that it's sort of like you have that concept, right, of like yeah. a sci-fi, like a city that flies around. But then sort of like this episode's like... What but if it what crashed if, to Earth? Yeah, what if it crashed? <laughs> but also, like, what if we made that scary? And I think yeah. that it does. Like, that is a genuine, like, kind of unfathomable threat that, like, you know, if if this show had more budget to, like, show what was happening in the city, you could absolutely show people losing their minds mm-hmm. in Manhattan, at, not just sitting at home calling Peter, asking him to come over, but, like, people <laughs> actually feeling it's the end of the world because it's like that. Imagine being on a skyscraper and then realizing, Oh, I'm like miles into the sky now. And there's an, there's just an an edge to where I, where I could go. And I couldn't help but think about how massive Manhattan is and how big the buildings are. Mm -hmm. So if you were on the ground, certainly you would feel a, like an earthquake or whatever, but like, would you even know you were in the sky if you were just like Mm. in times square on a sky, like in a skyscraper, you would notice but like, if you were just in Times Square, would you even be able to tell? <laughs> you it's can't true. see anywhere. Yeah. So like, how long, especially in 1968, would people just be like, "Oh man, like, are we good <laughs> now? Like, can we keep shopping?" <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we see the subways are still going, like yeah. in, in this. So maybe there are people who genuinely don't know what's going on. Yeah. He does manage to get to the master technician, though. Unfortunately, the master technician is waiting with an anti-radiation weapon. Uh, that saps Spidey's powers because this guy 
assumes that Spider-Man must have gotten his powers from a radioactive spider. I don't know how he would know that, but he does. <laughs> sure. They were more common in the 60s, these uh, radioactive spiders. Mm, that's true. Yeah, right, we right, eradicated right. them by the 70s. <laughs> yeah, they were a casualty of the Cold War. <laughs> we can't let them live anymore. So because of this, Spider-Man is forced to rely solely on his webs and his intellect to stop the master technician and save the city, which by the way, at one point is plummeting back to earth because I guess the master technician is just sort of like, all right, fuck it. Spider-Man's here. We're going down. Like, I think he hits a lever or something and just like (laughs) goes fully give up mode, but Spider-Man stops it. It's good. Everybody's fine. He manages to stop an entire Island from falling back to earth. Uh, He lets it gently land back exactly into its hole. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> How many kids do you think had seizures watching this part, though? Because everything was spinning, all the psychedelic colors. Oh, my God. The spinning... It was like Pokemon all over again. Yeah. <laughs> the the spinning, like, because it's so, I mean, cause it's so funny because it's sort of like they just present, like, Spider-Man's dizzy, and then they just, like, literally take the animation cell and just spin it. Yeah. But it's like, it happens frequently, and it is a little bit disorienting. Like, I guess you don't really see that in animation very often, I guess. This is like in the, in the first episode of this season. Did you, you did certainly didn't have to, Enrique, but did you happen to watch any episodes leading up to no, this one? I, get, I was okay. going to try to, and then I No, didn't. no big deal. In the first episode, I, I just wouldn't have explained this to you if you had, because that would be obnoxious. <laughs> but, um, like, when he first gets his powers, he, like, jumps around the city. And they do stuff like this in that, too, where they, like, zoom in on a on a cell or they, like, spin a cell or, like, jerk a cell because he's, like, jumping around. And part of me, like, respects the fact that they're willing to do these, like, jarring things with their art and their movement. But then there's the part of me that's like, this is dizzying. <laughs> Nobody yeah. needed this. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the city safe, Spider-Man calls Sonya who criticizes Peter for doing nothing to help her or save her. Uh, We'll have plenty more to say about that, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) But hey, Rodney rushed to her aid. So fuck you, Peter. Rodney's now uh, the one I'm interested in. And Peter's response to this is very cool and good and so awesome. Um, And this is how the episode closes out. With him saying, easy, Spidey. She's just a woman. There are hundreds like her, I guess. And okay, that's our episode of the show. <laughs> you said that's how they close out the episode, but that's not true. Because after this, we get like another, what, 30 seconds or so. That's a montage of Spidey swinging to the theme song. True. Be- before we then get the theme song again for the end credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Which saying. was totally necessary. Well, they, totally needed necessary. To, they, needed to, they needed something to have you forget the horrible thing he just said. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So that's that's the the broad strokes of what happened, but I feel like at the very least there's more Sonya stuff to talk about here. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that stood out to me most that I could not get past and one of the other th- probably the third thing that makes Peter Parker kind of an asshole in this episode is that when the city's in the sky, his first reaction is like, "Dang, I don't know if I can do anything about this." So I guess I should call Sonya. Like, he doesn't do anything at first. He just is like, I guess I'll check in on Sonya, which is nice. But then when he realizes he won't be able to, like, make his date with Sonya, that's when he's like, oh, damn it, Master Technician. Now you've messed with my date, so I'm going to do something about this. Like, (laughs) what motivates him to actually help the entire island of Manhattan is that his date was ruined. Not that the entire island of Manhattan is 
floating above the earth, <laughs> ready to catapult down to the earth. <laughs> it's like so weird. Yeah, maybe Master Technician should have been called the Cockblocker, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I do put a little bit on Sonya, too, for just assuming that this random kid that she goes to school with would be the one to comfort her. Like, does she have literally no one else in her life at all? Like, I don't... And- Peter specific, I mean, it's an excuse, but Peter specifically said, I have to check on my Aunt May. But then she was like, I know that your Aunt May's out of town, which, uh, how does she know that, first of all? But also, Peter could have continued the line, being like, she came back early. Like, right. Wouldn't yeah. be that weird. Yeah, yeah. You gotta make Peter look bad, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. It's, it's a very weird subplot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's typical. There's plenty of... Uh, Peter's dates get ruined by Spider-Man stuff. Like that's not like a totally. new thing. It's just this is it's the most bare bones version of it that nobody looks comes out looking good in. Right, for sure. For yeah. sure. I will say the image of Spidey in a dark phone booth when he's calling Sonya looks really cool. That drawing yeah. is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. The actual image of the nuclear reactor power plant thing, it's just like a big globe basically, which yes. doesn't make sense, but it looks really cool in like a futuristic sci-fi way. Was this like before Epcot Center was built? Because it kind of reminded me of that. I have when no idea when Epcot was built, but you're right. It's sort of that. Um, I can't think honeycomb. of what it's, what's that? It's almost like a, uh, like a globe with like honeycomb. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of honeycomb. It's sort of like, remember when it was like, I mean, not firsthand any of us would remember this, but you know how it was like popular for a minute to make like dome houses that were like, for whatever reason, like ecologically better or something. There's like a name for it, and I can't think of what it is. But it's like a polyhedral sphere. Yeah. Um, Epcot didn't open until the 80s, but like the sort of retro futuristic concept had been around since the 60s. Mm. I don't know exactly if the globe had always been part of it, but I, so I, but it's possible. But it definitely didn't exist, but probably was, you know, in the sphere in the same way the stuff that you were talking about, Doug. I think that's like I feel like weird, like polyhedron, whatever you'd call it. I don't think that's the word, but you know what I mean? Like Geodesic homes. Yes, yes, that's yes, it. yes, yes. Like those globe things, I do think that was enough just in like that sort of retro futurism sort of view of the future that they'd had since the 50s. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that was sort of, yeah, the geodesic f- sphere. Like, I think that that was that it was sort of an iconic thing. So it makes sense, though. I never feel like I've seen it portrayed as like a nuclear power plant. Like, I think fusing those mm-hmm. two concepts is sort of weird. Um, like, it's a weird choice because nuclear power plants already existed. So like they. Right. Could have made it, but it, obviously it was a choice to make it look more futuristic in a sci-fi way because they want to make the sci-fi cartoon, I guess. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. It does look cool, though. I mean, Enrique, you mentioned, like, the sunset stuff, and, like, a lot of that is caused by what's happening with the this reactor thing. And so, like, you get the weird colors in the sky, but you also get these, like, lightning animations that sort of, like, increase in intensity as the problem gets worse, uh, which I thought was very cool. And then they intersperse some, like like radioactivity technology sequences or like pieces from the radioactive spider stuff from the first episode. And it all ends up being this like weird sort of flashy lightning disorienting uh, series of shots. It felt like looking through a kaleidoscope where you had, but it was like, it was almost like it was one tone at a time and then it yeah. kept changing. That's a great way to describe elements of this show. <laughs> I'm not totally sure what I'm looking at, but it's cool, and sometimes it's disorienting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 
reminded me a lot of the uh, Hanna-Barbera uh, Fantastic Four, if you've ever watched that. Which oh. is actually, I think, also from like 67, 68. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. Just the colors and everything, yeah. Have you seen it, Derek? I've seen a little bit of it. I think that they maybe do a little bit. That's the one that Herbie the Robot's in, I believe. Oh. <laughs> um, I think if it's, if it's the same one instead of Human Torch. So I don't really remember specific gotcha. plots. Yeah. I, mean, I, I haven't watched it in years. It just like popped in my head as i was watching this mm-hmm. yeah i mean it would make sense visually i think yeah there's definitely similarities i think you're totally right with that mm-hmm. yeah i know we, you mentioned it but i still am sort of it's interesting the way that spider-man defeats the master technician who ultimately is just a dude with a ray gun really yep you know that powers um and the way that he defeats him it's like with his web lines but like his method is like shoot a web line and then like walk very far backwards and then Use the elasticity, I guess, to like slingshot him into the master technician, which just feels to me like it takes more force than just shooting a web line in his ray gun and pulling it, you know? Yeah. I love the problem they set up here, which is yeah. like Spider-Man doesn't have his powers, even if just momentarily, but the master technician can't necessarily anticipate that the webbing isn't one of his powers. So oh, Spider-Man sure. still has a tool, which I think That's is a cool, good call. but yeah. he theoretically shouldn't be strong. So he should have to enti- like rely entirely on his web shooters, which I like as a problem, but I don't know that this show, I know for sure that this show can't handle the, the nuance in how that character would move differently and need to move differently, yeah. not having his strength and agility versus having his strength and agility. But I like the idea. Yeah, for sure. It's weird that in like 20 some minute episodes, they still do the like rushed end of the episode as far as like solving the problem. Like there's tons of lead up to it. And then once he's in there, even with the complication, it takes him like moments to stop the master technician. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think it just comes down to the sort of limited budget that they had for it. So it's like they can have all the time in the world. But like if they like, you know, the way that they show Spider-Man, you know, kicking uh, Master Technician, it's it's still recycled swinging shots that we've Mm -hmm. seen before in it. Like they still, you know, so they still don't really have the time or money to animate anything extensive, even if they wanted to and have they they definitely do have plenty of time to show it. But. Yeah, it's like you got to keep it quick because you're working with the little bit that you have, you know. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth it to do a bunch of new animation just for this one short scenario where yeah. he doesn't have his strength and agility. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are like some amazing, like weird moments with characters in here. One that st- mm-hmm. stood out to me was in the crowd shot, the firefighter that kept like blipping across the screen at like light speed and it was just the same (laughs) fireman over and over and over again there's also a moment where the master technician like in anticipation of spider-man turns like away like he's away from the camera and then turns towards the camera and it's like the weirdest slowest turn ever (laughs) like it's just there there's like really good bizarre moments in here which makes sense for the 60s show yeah um I, I'm I'm curious if if Enrique you remembered anything about like the way this show moves or how characters look or talk in this or if there were things that stood out to you this time as like oh my god what are they doing more the stiffness stood out to me which I think working with a low budget makes sense I know a lot of uh, early anime and still to this day I think employs some of those techniques where 
they're very economical with the movements or yeah rather than doing an animation they would literally move the cell to have that so that's what it reminded me of but again limited budget means yeah. you get creative necessitates some other of invention right mm-hmm. yeah well and they've got the right person for that like this guy does want to experiment and he does want to find ways to figure things out if not for spider-man just for his own sort of like artistic enjoyment yeah ralph Bakshi was very like aware of their low budget and just tr- trying to do new things and stuff with it and i mm-hmm. yeah i think you see a little bit of that in this episode like i, I even noticed like you know it's 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 pretty well known uh, if in animation that like doing crowd shots is like one of the hardest things to oh, do yeah. because it's so many moving parts. And I think it's interesting to watch this and it's like they do crowd shots. It's just the way that they do it is just to have not a single person move. But I do think that like it still kind of <laughs> works uh-huh. because the drawings are very detailed and then they just sort of pan over basically this long panel of very detailed looking people that are sort of like drawn like in sort of just shades of gray essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do still get the effect that it's a big crowd, even though literally no one's moving at all <laughs> while right. you're seeing it. Well, because they move the camera at the right speed and they have distractions in the foreground to keep you yeah. from being able to look at it for too long and really realize like nothing's moving here. <laughs> right. Right. Also, why is that crowd hanging out by this nuclear reactor that's been taken over and f- I would assume going to melt down? What are they doing? <laughs> that seems like a scenario where you would evacuate, try to evacuate the city, honestly. <laughs> it's not like this. Yeah, the city wasn't in the sky yet. Why are they going in? Go out. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> If Aunt May was out of town, where do you think she was while this was going on? Oh. Because that old lady, like, she's just usually just hanging out at home alone. So, like, what is she doing out of town? Where is she going? OBGYN? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Of, off the a island. Specialist, a specialist, maybe, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want her friends to know. Well, they don't, actually, they don't live, they don't live in Manhattan. Oh. You're right. They live in um, Queens, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. But so he's, you know, Sonia claimed to still know that she was out of town. <laughs> yeah. But Peter could have literally been like, sorry, Sonia, I'm literally not on the island that's in the sky. Yeah, I'm in the sky with you. <laughs> or wait, no, I'm not in the I'm sky with the you. Sky that's with right. You. Yeah. Peter <laughs> yeah. didn't think through his excuses very well, did he? Yeah. It's funny, too, because I thought they were going to have him make his date because there was a point at which he was like, I have plenty of time. I hope mm-hmm. this doesn't mess up my date. And I was like, well, they gave us the clue that there's plenty of time. So he's obviously going to make his date. Yeah. I was very wrong. Nope. How could you ever think so? <laughs> right. What other kind of what other kind of stuff happens in here that we haven't touched upon? Um trying to think of like any of the well, I guess they weren't really in class for very long. So I loved how much uh Master Technician he went into detail as to why he was doing this. Yeah. And I think that's just like coming for, you know, the air. It's like, oh yeah. like it's like you made fun of me. You believe I could do it, but I can do it. I'm gonna show you that I can do it. It is funny that he does that, right? He's like, I wasn't taken seriously. People disregarded me. So I'm, I'm going to make sure they notice me. In the first episode of this season, Peter basically says the same thing after Bully makes fun of him. He's oh like, God. I'll get back at them. They'll yeah. they'll know to me. I'll make them take me seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's like evil green skinned uh, Peter Parker. If he <laughs> never learned great power, great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's yeah. very... um. This this master technician reminds me of like certain vulture stories where like Adrian Toomes is considered like a wash up or like a washed up mm-hmm. or like uh, not as not good enough scientist. 
Yeah. Um, so it's it's almost like a little bit Green Goblin aesthetically, a little bit Vulture sort of thematically, mm-hmm. um, but with like the least inspired design yeah, we've just seen a thus far. Scientist with a gun and green skin. That's yeah. it. That's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to him. Yeah. It's cool though. You're right, Enrique. Like it's cool that they even give us a reason for why he's doing what he's doing. You also kind of look like a skinny Bernie Sanders. Oh my <laughs> he does god! Look a little bit like a Bernie Sanders. He reminds me green, of course. Yeah, yeah in green, in oh, green body paint. Yeah, like um, the hair and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If did he didn't have a mustache or anything? Did he? No, no, no. If he did, like, there's also some sort of like Doctor Wiley vibes from yeah. like Mega Man. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Very classic Mad Scientist type yeah. of stuff. Don't expect so many Mega Man references from this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, they do a lot with his face too. They do a lot with him just like turning. Uh, they he, do a lot of like weird upward shots for some reason. Yeah, they really do. They a love the upward them. shot, and they love having one of his eyes closed all the yes. time. Like, does he have something wrong? Is it infected or something? Because I don't know. He just walks around like that a lot of times. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have an eye. Do we ever see it open? Oh no, we do. That's the thing oh, okay. that's weird about it is that he <laughs> does. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally an image of him in this document that has both of his eyes open and showing that he doesn't have a mustache that can answer all of your questions that you ask. Look, we've established that I can take screenshots and immediately forget them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to go back and listen to the episode we're recording right now to see how many times I say master planner instead. Uh, Terrible name for a villain when a master planner already exists. I mean, just bad in general. There's too many syllables and... It's not very menacing sounding. A master technician. Okay. Cool. Congratulations. So you're the tinkerer is, is really <laughs> all you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't really get a lot of notes from this episode when I was, I was taking it. I don't really, I, I love the concept of the floating sky and everything, but um, I think that is a memorable aspect of it. But I do think that even with the bar of this show, for me, this feels like a weirdly forgettable one. I feel like. The image of the city in the sky is mm-hmm. not forgettable, but everything else around that image, I don't know. I don't feel like it's anything. <laughs> I, I feel like it's uh, it wasn't as, even with by the show standards, it wasn't really as interesting to me as um, some previous ones and ones that I know are coming after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because I was coming in cold in the sense that I hadn't been watching previous mm-hmm. episodes or the first season, but I, I was I think I was most, mostly just enthralled by the different color schemes and patterns and oh, yeah. paying attention to that. Yeah. Uh, then the, I think at one point I had to rewind and uh, <laughs> see, oh, wait, why is he doing this again? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right. that's the thing about this show is like, even if I'm not necessarily into the story, I'm sure. always enjoying watching it because of that exact reason that you're talking visually. about, Enrique. Like visually, there's always something interesting to see. Whether they give us like a compelling villain or not is really, I think, what makes or breaks an episode a lot of the time. Um, and when you put you know kind of a jerk peter parker on top of it it's not like a great recipe um yeah. yeah we we've had a lot of people talk about this show enrique who've like never seen it before you have some background but like sounds like not super vivid memories of it necessarily so what we would typically ask folks is like based on this episode would you watch more of this particular cartoon <laughs> i'm curious to oh, see 100%. what you would say yeah okay great nice. <laughs> that's fantastic because I watched it when I was so little, I uh, I remember the in, the intro more than anything. That was yeah. like, okay, I remember this. I remember they they would play the song over and over. 
So, uh-huh. so you do remember that yeah. they play it like four times per episode. <laughs> Always in English too. So. <laughs> oh, they didn't translate that or they didn't dub that. Yeah. I think some versions did, hmm. but uh, oh, when well. I watched it, it was always in English. I mean, translating songs, I feel like, is so, so much harder. I don't yeah. know, but I would assume. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The folks at Disney have mastered it. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's true. Incredible. If anyone's going to figure cool. it out. Uh, well, that's good yeah. to hear. I'm glad that like we didn't force you to watch an episode of The 60 Show, <laughs> and you walk away being like, dear God, what garbage yeah. was that? Because we've had episodes like that in the first season where they're like, just uh, like just blatantly racist or like an episode uh-huh. that just like doesn't make sense at all at least this one you could follow and yeah. so far this season no yeah. weird bigotry <laughs> so yeah. that's good and you do kind of come for the visuals for this show yeah at this so. point too i think yeah and, and there's a charm uh i, I kind of feel funny saying this after you mentioned that, how bigger <laughs> maybe the first season was but there is a charm to some of these 60s cartoons mm-hmm. To where part of me is always wondering, wait, how, how did they do that? They didn't have computers. Yeah. You know, how were they able to execute this? Or even some of the, the phrases that they use. I think at one point that uh, Peter says, oh, nuts. You know, just <laughs> yeah. stuff that now you say ironically. Yeah. Yeah. But very much uh, in, intended to be like, I don't know, just using in the uh, formal way or I don't, know, I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, there, there's that 60s charm to it. Yeah, I think that still that still absolutely holds up, even for the first season. Usually, if something is like uh, racist, it's like a caricature that you would see probably in lots of media at the time. Yeah. Um. So, like Spider Man, unfortunately, wasn't doing anything different than a lot of other stuff was. But the vast majority of what it is is charming, right? It's sort of the same, not the exact same reason, but part of the reason that I still like watching old Scooby Doo stuff, even though there's like really good modern scooby-doo stuff too yeah. like the charm of the original stuff never yeah. seems to really go away yeah often very simple but it's like it's kind of what you were here for like yeah. this is a very straightforward sci-fi story there's yeah. not really much else to it but that's fine because you know that's what they were making and sometimes it's kind of fun yeah, yeah. for sure this was the first spider-man cartoon right oh yeah oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. basically every comic based character in here is like the first appearance first attempt at like establishing a voice and like a vocal personality which is fascinating because sometimes like last week they sort of nail it immediately like kingpin sounded like what i would assume a kingpin sounds like and then sometimes it's just like totally off where you have this isn't an, an actual example but like for example you might get like a doc ock who just sounds like like a weird theater villain, and you're yeah. like, he's never, <laughs> never yeah. sounded. Oh my like god, that Doc sense. Ock, is that you? <laughs> <Right>. Whoa! <laughs> or, or even like, P- I mean, Peter and Spider Man, I think are a good yeah. example from this show because really, very not really any any Spider Man and Peter sound like this. Yeah, sound like this Peter and Spider Man afterwards, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is one of the few, if not the only, Spider Man. I think we talked about this that like. Mm-hmm really distinctly changes his voice based on whether he's Peter or Spider-Man. I don't know if he's doing it quite as hard as he did in the first few episodes. Yeah. uh, But the fact that he did it at all, I think was pretty notable. The first season he went up more octaves than I think he goes when he's in, was he's Peter. Yeah. Uh, But there is still a slight difference. Like he reads as Peter differently. Yeah. Even a little more subtly than he does as Spider-Man. He just, he goes full 40 year old smoker (laughs) when he's Spider-Man. And Peter, he's like, 35 year old smoker you know? so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
So Christian Bale watches in preparation for the Dark Knight trilogy. Right, that's what right. you're saying. This is where he right. got it from. Yeah. 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 This is where the Batman voice came from. Exactly. Spider-Man. But speaking of Batman, in the 60s and 70s cartoons, actually, I don't even know what year they're from. I think it was 70s. Mm-hmm. I would probably have a harder time going back and trying to watch that than this. Oh, yeah. Because I've, I've tried to, and I've just kind of lost interest. Hmm. And sure. I don't know if it's because I be, the 1992 cartoon has become just the epitome of, you know, American animated series. Oh, sure. It wasn't hard for me to watch. It's like I never felt like, oh, God, this looks terrible. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. it's kind of, whereas with the Batman ones, I've tried to do it before and it's, it's difficult. I know. I think that makes sense. If you watch like Super Friends, I think because that also is a show made on a budget um, that also, you know, is, you know, tells not the most uh, elaborate or complex stories just because of mm-hmm. the time period. But I think the the character designs are so much stiffer and like it's not as colorful. I think like you really see artistry in this show. You really mm-hmm. it does feel like people were hand drawing this and you really can tell that. And I think once you get to shows that where like things are more like strictly on model and like aren't playing in this like psychedelic watercolor backgrounds and stuff, it's sort of like, well, now I am just kind of watching a more boring cartoon that's more yeah. straightforward. This show, it's not straightforward visually. And that makes it so enchanting to watch even when there isn't a whole lot actually happening. You know? <laughs> It makes it engaging because yeah. it's engaging your senses. Right, exactly. Totally. It might be annoying to have like a two minute long web swinging sequence, but it's not two minutes of the same loop, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can find things in there. Yeah. This show's also a treasure trove of uh, faces all the time. It never stops delivering ridiculous faces. Um, <laughs> we have referenced them because, of course, I forgot a detail in one of the ones I screen grabbed, but. I grabbed two. One is Peter's face when he's like thinking about seeing Sonya in class. I don't, I don't know like what other Peter comes close to this sort of vibe. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess like Spider-Man three, Tobey Maguire, when he's like bad Spidey kind Kinda. of sometimes. There's like a level of this. smug. There's like a smug, yeah. this level of smugness, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there's but, something weird about it. I mean, he really is like, oh, this is a guy who's touching himself right now, thinking of this. <laughs> like, that's the face that he's yeah. giving. Yeah. Once yeah. again, a, a perfectly unique uh, Peter Parker <laughs> face here. Yeah. Um, the the other one you pulled, I actually yeah. was about to pull the exact same Hell frame yeah. as you well, and you got to it first. Because we get these weird upward shots of Master Technician, which are cool if only because it's an unconventional angle. It's an uncomfortable and weird angle, which I guess works for him, Um, (laughs) but it's unconventional. So it's interesting. And like the background for this is like warped in a weird way. So it's cool. I think you'd never guess this was from a Spider-Man cartoon if you saw it out of context. Um, But this particular moment, there's like a flashing light that keeps hitting him. So on top of it being this cool angle with this sort of disorienting background, they also do just like, more detail on the lighting of his face than they typically do. And anytime one of these old shows does more detail than usual, it always is striking. Even if it's not great to look at because this guy is not great to look at and is like weird and uncomfortable, it's still striking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Kubrick shot. That's what it looks like. (laughs) Or the Kubrick shot, I should say. Yeah. Kubrick stare. Yeah. Yeah, you are not wrong. And this dude does it constantly. And it's not even just this exact same frame. There are multiple shots, different shots of them like looking up at him and or him staring at the camera or like turning slowly. Yeah. (laughs) 
weird so dude. Funny. Yeah, weird guy. Weird a lot guy. of times I feel like you could take these one-off villains and really like revitalize them into a modern context. This is not one of them. <laughs> he's just a mad scientist. That's, he's just your yeah. base, most basic mad scientist. Yeah. He's not. He's a, he's not a great villain, unfortunately. Well, wait, hold on. Well, this isn't oh. super original, but okay. Um, he's obsessed with radiation. Ignore the fact that there's a bajillion green characters apparently in this season. There is that um, like Batman Beyond villain that is like a radiation oh, guy. What's his name? Blight. Blight. His name I is also like... Derek, by the way. Derek Power. Oh, Powers. How... Yeah. How delightful for you. <laughs> yeah, I love I, I love mean, Blight's cool, so. I love sharing my name with him. He's a fucking great villain, yeah. yeah. But I could see a world where, like, that's the angle somebody takes. It couldn't be exactly the same, obviously, because Blight exists, but uh, sure. this world it's... where, like, his obsession with radiation ends up being, you know, deteriorating mm-hmm. him and ruining his body, and that's motivation for, you know, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I still don't want it, so. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think overall it's like a fine episode. There's cool yeah. stuff happening. It's not necessarily sure. the most like um, exciting plot, but cool elements to it and yeah. funny elements to it, if nothing else. Yeah. City in the Sky. Very cool. Well, Enrique, thanks so much for joining us to talk about this episode and this iconic villain. I'm so glad you got to talk about <laughs> this, you know, King of the Rogues gallery here. If uh, if people want to find you um, and unpopped, what's the best way for them to do that? So you can follow us on Instagram, X, as it's now called, <laughs> at Unpop Podcast, or you can shoot us an email at unpoppodcast at gmail.com. So you can usually find us in those channels. Uh, again, we'll be picking up here in February, kicking off with three men and a baby. Uh, we don't know what date yet, but actually by the time that this is coming out, it may be out. Oh, could be. Could nice. be. Nice. Keep an eye out. I keep looking at the list of movies you've done. <laughs> They're all over the place. Trying to think of like what would be a perfect like unpopped movie. Not that it would make sense for me to pick, but like it's a fun thing to think about. So uh, it's a really fun show to like look at the collection and try to think up your own hidden gems or overrated blockbusters. <laughs> Well, if you want to find more of us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We have a ton of bonus content, uh, usually centered around comics or TV shows that aren't specifically Spider-Man that wouldn't really make sense to be on the main feed. Currently, we are uh, covering the Superior Spider-Man comics ongoing. Um, So we should either be about to drop the second batch of the superior ones or just dropped it. Not really sure because podcast time. Um, So check check the schedule that's on our Patreon. Yeah, there's always a schedule on the Patreon. There should be one pinned uh, on our Twitter account as well. Uh, We should have just dropped our Across the Spider-Verse commentary over on Patreon as well. So if that's something you're interested in, um, the Spectacular tier has access to that. But everything else is pretty much available to all patrons. So uh, check that out. If you want to talk to other listeners um, or us, you can check out our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes. Of course, you can find us separately. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're working on? Sure, you can find me. I'm most active on Twitter, or I guess X, as Derek P. Gale. <laughs> uh, I'm available, or I'm also active on other platforms under that name, or Dare Bear, Mr. Dare Bear. Uh, I have another podcast uh, with Glitterjaw that is called Gimmicks, where my co-host David and I look at the high-concept, experimental, and structure-breaking gimmicky episodes of television. Uh, you can also find my Twitch at Mr. Dare Bear, where I uh, will occasionally stream VHS recordings of old television airings. What about you, Doug? 
You can find me all over the place at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can listen to me on another Glitter Jaw show called Novel Gaming, or NG, um, <laughs> where my co-host Katie and I talk about all the books and video games and sometimes other media we've been consuming lately. If you'd like to find other queer creators who talk about media, check out the Glitter Jaw Queer Podcast Collective at glitterjaw.com for plenty of other awesome shows that does include our new monthly podcast with me and Derek uh, called Screonk, a Godzilla movie marathon where we're stomping through Godzilla's filmography and our episode on the original King Kong versus Godzilla. The first time they uh, meet uh, that episode is out next week. So check that out. You can also find a new podcast that I do on Glitter Jaw with Tommy called Lee Carvalho's Potting Challenge, uh, where we look at all of the Simpsons video games chronologically. Find more about that on GlitterJaw.com or uh, find the Lee Carvalho's Potting Challenge feed wherever you get your podcast. That is a bananas marathon you're doing, and I can't wait to listen to every episode. <laughs> You can visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms, uh, especially for the Glitter Jaw shows, um, those new Glitter Jaw shows especially, Screonk, The Potting Challenge, all those all those new ones, because um, it helps people find us. Uh, next week, Peter joins the football team interesting given some of the questions we asked in this very episode so maybe we'll get some answers uh joins the football team and faces yet another evil scientist on a floating vessel in the episode criminals in the clouds see See you then. then spider man spider man does whatever a spider can spins a web any size catches seeds just like flies look out here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, wealth and fame, he's ignored, action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang-up, wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a Spider-Man.